And this morning, we have a, an incredible speaker, um, Brother Ed Gibson. Um, those of you who were not here during the Sunday school hour, he really spoke about our hearts. And that's what missions is. That's what living for our Lord is. It's all about our heart. And he's going to talk about our heart some more this morning. Um, thankful for you all are here. He served 17 years in Japan and Okinawa. Uh, pastor of the military church. And I told you all last week, he never knew, but he had an influence on me because the people from his church would come and they would witness and they would sow seeds in my life and they would uh, just figured out it was 40 years ago, first Sunday of March, that I got saved. That was about one month after I got out of the Air Force. So things were happening and a lot of it was because of the people that Ed ministered to. Then later I was going to go to Japan and I know um, listen, I don't speak English well. I don't speak Spanish well, right, Fernando? Uh, but I'm learning. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to work on that. But Brother Ed said that he didn't speak Spanish real, or uh, I think he speaks Spanish at all. He didn't speak Japanese real well, so he decided he would uh, minister to the military because he could speak English there. And that was a good thing. So because of a message he preached, I surrendered to work for military ministry. And for, I don't know, several years, um, I'd go visiting on base, and then we would do a meal after church and, and uh, minister to sailors and, and all there in the Jacksonville area. Um, God trained, did a lot of training because of that. He's had a great influence. And, um, you know, I know you don't know Gretchen, but she, you had influence on her. She knows your messages. She heard you speak. And my daughter, Laurel, who's on the other coast right now, she knows all about you. And then, of course, my son. He's going to put a lot into my son and who thinks of him highly. And uh, so uh, he's, he's influenced my life in so many ways. And he's going to influence your life today. Brother Ed Gibson, come on. Thank you, Pastor. It's really hard for me to believe that we were on the island of Okinawa at the same time. Okinawa is not very big. It's 69 miles long and 12 miles wide at the widest point and three miles wide at the skinny point. Over, uh, at that point, there was over a million Japanese there and, uh, and uh, probably a lot more than that now. And uh, I forgot how many thousands of Americans were on that island at, when we were there. But uh, it's a beautiful place out there in the Pacific. Beautiful place. God had his hand on our church. Nobody can take credit for it. God had his hand on our church. Just amazing thing happens. Amazing thing. Hey, I want to, I really want to share with you all this morning. I want you to turn your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. We're going to talk about two chapters. So I cannot preach on every verse in two chapters. Well, I could, but y'all would go home and I'd be out here all afternoon by myself. And uh, 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 I don't want to do that. I'm I want to try to do something today. I've never done it this way before. Uh, I've never done this before. And so I don't know how it's going to go over. See, I don't have outlines. Uh, I'm not against outlines. But uh, I'm, here with, uh, I'm here with my life. I don't have an outline. I told somebody my outline is about six foot one and uh, 79 years old. Got uh, been married 60 years. Uh, how many grandkids? Nine. 
nine, one of them in heaven, and uh, five great great grandkids, is it? And uh, that's my outline. A lot of bumps and bruises and knots in there, okay? Not all pretty. Uh, it's the real deal. Uh, I don't have a lot. I'm not, I've never been good at any language, okay? I'm not a language person. Uh, I found out a lot. I could talk, I, see, I get carried away, and I, I, I need an outline. <laughs> Keep me on focus, but uh, I learned that, uh, I used to think I was a thinker. There are thinkers, and there's, I, I thought I was a thinker, because I really like thinking. But I found out, really, I'm a feeler. I feel people. I feel for people. I'm a feeler. And I'm here to share with you my feelings for people. My heart. I'm here to share my heart. I'm here to share with you just a couple chapters out of the Bible, and we're not going to do them all. But uh, I, just, I just want this to be real for you. I, I'm tired of church. That's weird for a preacher to say it. But I'm just tired of the fooey. I'm just tired of the... The fakiest place in town is church. <laughs> so good to be here. Everything is so good. Oh, fooey, it was rough getting here. And, uh, you know, I mean, I want some reality. There's no reason for us to be fakey in church. God knows us. You can't fake him out. So quit trying. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well be honest with God and tell him you're mad at him. Have you been mad at God? I have. Oh, did I do I moved the wrong place? I'm sorry. I want everybody to get my best side. <laughs> oh my soul. I just want to I want to share with you something that's real today. I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to try. And here's the story in second. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> here's, here's the story in this two chapters, okay? That's four, but I'm holding up two on each side. But uh, here's two chapters. It begins over here. Don't you see this? It begins over here with some poor people that are broke. Macedonian Christians were broke with a lot of problems. You ever heard of anybody like that? Matter of fact, there was a pandemic going on. We read that in Acts in the first verse. There's a pandemic going on. <clears throat> These people were broke, had lots of problems. God never fixed their problems. So quit looking to get out of the problems. He gave them grace for the problems. God has grace for our problems. So that's where we start. Poor people that are broke. Can you identify with that crowd? Now, if we, I don't know how to do this, but turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And this is the end of this conversation here. On these two chapters, these two chapters are all one conversation. 
And uh, let me be honest with y'all. I don't want to make you nervous. But these two chapters are about giving money. Now, don't worry about that. Just forget the money. These two chapters don't give money. But let me tell y'all something. Money is never mentioned. It's about it, but it doesn't talk about it. doesn't mention it. So the less we talk about money, the better we are. Well, the preacher agreed with me. <laughs> Most people don't like to go to church all they want you money. You have to get her money. Forget it. We're not out to get you money. We're out to get you. We don't need your money. We need you. We need your heart. Here's these people, broke with lots of problems. Go over to the end of it and just look at the last verse, verse 15, chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, I used to think, how in the world did that get in that place? If I'd have been writing the Bible, it wouldn't have been there. It would have been John 3, 17. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, what, here's what I'm going to try to show you all that I'm excited about. Here's the, <clears throat> y'all not going to believe this, but I broke a tendon in my foot 15 years ago. I don't know what it was. Preaching. <laughs> you got to be really getting with it to break a tendon in your foot preaching, but I did it. And uh, <laughs> that sermon came to a screeching halt. <laughs> I had a heart attack preaching, and, and I, I, I did better with that than I did my broken tendon whoa that hurt when I broke that tendon and I took my shoe off and jumped around on one foot everybody thought this was the funniest sermon they'd ever seen in their life <laughs> oh but here's these people here's these people broken no problem all these problems and at the end God gave them a gift thanks be unto God for his unspeakable I want to tell y'all what this gift is this is this is I'll tell you all this. This is the climax of the whole thing. The gift that he gave them, he gave them a life. They were broke with a lot of problems. He gave them grace, and he gave them a life. Now, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you all. That's all I'm taking off. <laughs> So don't get nervous, okay? This is the end of the show right here. Y'all look at me kind of funny. Man, it's hard to keep my mind on track. Y'all laughing at me. What I want you to see, seriously, what I want y'all to see today is when you get involved with God and helping people with your heart, you end up, you end up God giving you a life. When Bonnie and I were teenagers, 20 years ago, <laughs> we really aged in a hurry. In the 1950s, we were in high school. And we, we went forward in church many times. And we gave our lives. And we really, after we were married, we crawled out of bed on a Sunday night. I was getting ready to go work at a tire plant, 
And uh, we were laying in bed looking at the ceiling, talking about our life and what we're going to do with it. And we got out of bed on that night. Boy, I've got to really watch myself. Got out of bed and laid our head on the mattress and said, God, here we are. I was probably 20. Ron might have been 18. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, laid her head on that mattress and said, God, here we are. You can, we'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll do whatever you want us to do. And we'll have one-year-old boy over there, and, and you can have him too. We're all in. And for years I told that. I want you to listen to me. For years I said that. And I always said that night we gave our life to God. You've heard people talk about giving their life to God. But you know what? 50 years later, I figured it out. That night, God gave us a life. <laughs> we didn't really have anything to give him. We were. Like, the walls were blank. We didn't have anything. We didn't have anything. We were just poor, young kids. And God gave us a life. I'd hate to think where we'd be today if God hadn't given us a life. And we go to mission conferences and we're always saying, give your life to God. Give your life to God. And people don't want to give their life to God. But what I'm here to tell you today is God wants to give you a life. See, God is the giver, not us. We don't have anything to give. He has everything to give. And he wants to give you life. You say, well, I don't want to be a missionary. I don't care. I'm not interested in you being a missionary. That's not the issue. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you a purpose. Oh, man. Oh, man. i got so many stories I can tell you. Just last week or two weeks, a family from Alabama called us. Uh, he got saved. And his whole family got out there in our church in Okinawa. He lives in southern Alabama, just south. So I came back. He started a church. Now, can I tell you, this is not racist, but this is a black family. And they came back to uh, Alabama and started a black church. And now he started a college, a school for training preachers and, and a camp and all kinds of stuff. And he called me the other day and said, when we came to Maranatha, changed our life, and you gave us a purpose. You gave us a purpose. You know, you, you, what you need in your life is a purpose. You don't need a destination. I don't care what the destination is. It doesn't matter about the destination. We're not in love with geography. Baptist churches fall in love with geography. Oh, we want a map with spots on it. Oh, hooey with a map. We care for people. Place doesn't matter. You need a purpose for living. And the purpose is God. And the purpose is people. And these poor people that are broke. You go through these two chapters, and God has given them a lot. Look at chapter 9. Oh, my. Verse 11. We'll just jump in at verse 11. We could jump in anywhere. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. See, Bonnie and I, we went to, we went to Japan we were just thankful. We got to Japan, 
We had $1,000 a month support. We'd never seen so much money in all our life. We'd never. Somebody, when I first church, I preached in a friend of mine was a pastor, and he gave me a $100 bill. I'd never seen a $100 bill before. I felt like the richest man that ever lived. I had a $100 bill. We had $1,000 a month support when we went to Japan. We were thankful. Because it's through us Thanksgiving. Now watch verse 12. I want you to see verse 12. You never pay attention to this verse. For the administration of this service. They were talking about this giving. This giving of these two chapters. Not only supplies the ones say. You know what y'all were doing out here yesterday? Right out here at this next door back here. You people over here. You know what y'all were doing? You're supplying the wants of the saints. That's what this is all about. This is a, you're really living when you're supplying the wants of the saints. But it's abundant to many thanksgivings unto God. See, I, I started out to Bonnie and I were just thankful. We got there with $1,000. I went to the bank, Japanese bank. <laughs> it was so dumb. I was so dumb. Bank of America in Colby, Japan. I was so dumb. He won't know how much money I wanted to put in the account. Well, I had $1,000. I was embarrassed to tell him because I thought it's too much. I thought I was Okani Mochi. That's how the Japanese hope I hope. I was filthy rich. I was embarrassed to have so much money. We just thankful. <laughs> but now that's multiplied to many Thanksgiving sent to God. The Japanese were thankful. Yeah, Japanese had a word for me. I guess it's bragging on me, but the Japanese, after, after all the years, they'll tell you. They said, you're a Yasashi Hito. You're a soft person. You're an easy person. They were thankful. Then we got to Okinawa. It is boomed. The family from Okinawa, from lower Alabama, man, we have them all over the place. Marine Corps helicopter pilot flew President Reagan around. He was a pilot for President Reagan. One Sunday I was preaching. Him and his family, they were from Texas. They were there the whole time. He was sitting over here. I got through preaching. He was standing there. And when you have an officer standing there looking at you, you know, he said, I want to see you in your office. I told my soul, <laughs> what have I done now? I'd say some crazy stuff. I thought, oh. I went in my office. He said, I don't have what you preach, and I want it. He got out on his knees right there in that office that day. Asked the Lord to save him. He came back that night. I thought, now this is going to be really something. He's a command guy. Had Marines underneath him. I thought, is this officer going to go up here in front of all of them and tell me he just got saved and get baptized? He did. Him and his wife Martha and two children, they're still thankful. They're thank they thank God every day for what took place in Okinawa. I mean, it's, this, uh, this abounds. See, you don't realize when you're giving. You don't realize what you're doing. 
It abounds to many thanksgiving unto God. While the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God. They, they glorify God for your professed objection of the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and all men. You, I, see, I, when I was younger, when I was younger, I like to preach from my knees. If I could do what I want to do now, I would preach to you from my knees. But I can't get up anymore. <laughs> it hadn't been but a few years I've been preaching from my knees. I want you to see, verse 13, the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed objection. You know, when, when, you, when, you, when you enter into business with God, like these poor people did with all their problems, when you enter into business with God, what you're doing, what you're doing, you're submitting to the gospel. I believe this gospel. I trust this gospel. I'm committing myself to this gospel. I'm committing my life. I'm committing my money. I'm committing everything I have. You're, sub you're subjecting yourself to the gospel of Christ. You See, this is not about money. This is not about money. It's about our heart. What's important to us? What do we care about? What are we doing with our heart? What are we doing with our life? I, we give it to God. Your, 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 your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and all men. For your liberal distribution. I mean, that's what you want to be known for. <clears throat> that used to be a lot easier. <laughs> I've always had good legs, but... Uh, your liberal distribution unto them and all men. Verse 14, they have prayer for you. They pray for you. They thank God for you. And they long after you for the exceeding grace of God. And that means they want to meet you and they want to see you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Okay, let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? I want to tell y'all something. I'm, I'm hurrying through here as quick as I can. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not trying to keep you. I'm not trying to tell you everything. I'm trying to get to your heart. I saw your hearts out here yesterday, some of you. I saw your hearts. What we need is every heart. Let me tell you all something. I have preached these mission conferences for 30 years in a lot of churches. But I have never, ever seen a church, not one, where everybody joined in. All I want, if we get everybody here to get in, everybody here to submit yourself to God and to the gospel, and if you just subject yourself, just, just if everybody here, every, you remember, according to your ability, according to how God prospered you, we're not telling you how much to give. We don't care how much you give. We just want you to get in. Okay. We're not saying, oh, now we get 15 people to give $5, and we get 100 people to give blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Just do it. Everybody, if we just get everybody to get in on it. But here, I want you to. <laughs> hey, folks, if I don't enjoy this, you sure are not going to enjoy it. And let me tell you something, I've heard a lot of preachers, and they didn't enjoy it, and I didn't either. <laughs> 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 
What's wrong with having fun in church? What's wrong with enjoying the Bible? It'd be a whole lot better off if everybody enjoyed the Bible. Good grief. We don't need pornography. We don't need all this junk. We got the Bible. We got God. Woohoo! But let me tell you all something. Money is never mentioned in these two chapters. You know what is mentioned? Grace. I think, in my memory, six times in these two chapters, it's grace. Never money. I don't care how much money you have. I don't know how much grace you have. I'm not interested in checking your money. I'm interested in checking your grace. Are you one of these guys that's mad at everybody? Is everybody wrong but you? That's sad. Everybody needs grace. My wife, the best thing I've ever done for my wife, I've helped her grow in grace. <laughs> Takes a lot of grace to be married to me. <laughs> 60 years she's done it. Takes a lot of grace to be married. You, you didn't know your marriage needs grace? Takes a lot of grace to grow up. Takes a lot of grace to be a member of a church. Takes a lot of grace to fit in. Because a lot of people are abrasive. A lot of people are irritants. And that's where we have to have grace. See, it's all grace. Now look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. We do you with the grace of God. Now what did, see, now listen to me. These people were broke with a lot of problems, and God didn't fix it. He gave them grace. I said that a few while ago. You know what you need today? I know we all could use some more money, and you probably need money. I'm not belittling people that are hurting financially. If you're hurting financially, we ought to try to do something, okay? But Well, the great, see, I get sidetracked. I need an outline. <laughs> One of the greatest things that ever happened to us in Okinawa is right out of clear blue without me thinking. I got up one Wednesday night and said, does anybody here need anything? That was in the days of the unaccompanied Marines bringing their young wives out there to Okinawa with nothing. We had a lot of them in our church. Anybody here need anything? Young wife said, we don't have any silverware. Well, that's when you're 10,000 miles away from home in a Japanese island, where are you going to go buy chopsticks or fork and knife? You couldn't find a fork and knife in that place if you wanted to. Someone across the aisle said, we got some silverware. Everything that we ever needed was taken care of in that service. It's grace. God gave them grace. Verse 6. Insomuch that we desire Titus he become, he would finish you the same grace also. I want you to have this grace. The grace that they had. The grace that, now watch this, uh, verse 5. Not as we hope, but first gave their own self to the Lord. You know what they did with that grace? First, first thing they did, they gave their self to God. And to Paul. See, the evidence you have grace is when you're giving. The first evidence of grace is giving. 
and just give a smile. If you broke, just smile. People need a hug today. Oh, I was in water, was I? In Ohio. Oh, I have so many tales, I can't tell them. But I was in Ohio. On Possum Road, I felt right at home. <laughs> we used to live in Possum Trot, Kentucky. That's not too far from Monkey's Eyebrow. <laughs> I'm not lying. We got a church that supports us today in Monkey's Eyebrow. I was in that church in between Sun School Church. They brought in this van with these ladies, senior citizen ladies, and they all came up steps into the auditorium right there. And I was just standing around watching, and this one woman went over there and stood there, and she hugged those women. They lined up. She hugged them. I'd move on. She hugged every one of them. They all lined up to get a hug. So, being me, I went over and said, I like what you're doing, but why did you do that? She said, I was hugging these women one day, and one of them started crying. She said, why are you crying? She said, I haven't had a hug since my husband died. She said, that day, I went into the hugging ministry. And she hugged every one of them every day, and they lined up to get it. We don't know the needs that are sitting on this pew today, these chairs. We don't, know, we don't know one another. We know what we see. We look good and smell good on Sunday. But we don't know the pain. We don't know the heartache. We don't know the trouble sitting in this church today. I'm convinced in a crowd this size, in most Baptist churches, there's somebody there that thought about committing suicide this week. But see, at church, we're all fine. Yeah, everything's good. No, we're hurting people, and we need grace. There's not a person here today that doesn't need grace. He said, I want you to get this same grace. Verse, just at the end of verse 7, I'm skipping through here. Verse, end of verse 7, see that you abound in this grace also. Why don't we just make an effort to abound in grace? We can all abound in being negative. Oh, my soul. This is not being recorded, is it? Not going out too far. But I got somebody in Kentucky that needs to hear this, but I don't want her to hear it. So negative. So negative. Her daughter and son-in-law took her to Cracker Barrel the other day. Her, her thing was, took all morning. Well, she didn't have a thing to do all day. <laughs> Did she appreciate going to Cracker Barrel? Took all morning. Why? Why do we have to be so negative and so critical of everything and everybody? It doesn't take a talent to do that, but it takes grace to be positive. I want you to abound in this same grace also. Verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. You want an example of giving? It's Jesus. He was rich and became poor so we could be rich. 
church, I just want to encourage you. It's not money. It's heart. It's grace. You need grace for people in your family. Our family needs grace. Your family needs grace. Everybody needs grace. And you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just asking you today. You know, I, I, I get back down on my knees, but I, I don't think I'm going to. I would step off of there, but I'd probably break my ankle before I get to the floor. Uh, it's not easy being old. I, I, I don't like getting old because I'm running out of time. And I think I want to keep telling people, I want to keep mo mo encouraging people. If I could, if I could give you all some advice, there's people different ages in here. But I could, if I could give you some, you know what I would really like for us to do today? Just get out on our knees and say, God, give me the grace to give my life away. See, Jesus said, if you lose your life, you'll find it. Bonnie and I found our life. We really found it in Okinawa. We found it in Japan, of all the weird places in the world, where there's no grace. But we found a life. I'd like for you to ask God to give you the grace to give your life away. Your husband needs you. Your wife needs you. Your children need you. This church needs you. But you've got to be willing to give it away. But you know what? Giving your life away is not easy. Nobody wants to do it. It takes grace. You can't give your life away just on your own. Well, I'm just going to do it. No, you can't. But God has the grace, and you can do it. Ask him for grace to give it away. That's what Jesus did. If you lose your life, you'll find it. It's got to fall into the ground and die and bring forth fruit. Oh, there's another grace here. Oh, where is that grace? Uh, verse 19, we never talk about it. Not only that, who also chosen for the churches travel with us this grace. See, you know what he's talking about? We talk about it in, in Acts, in 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians. Offering for the saints in Jerusalem, it's money. But you know what he said? We're going to take your grace. He, 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 we didn't, he's not going to take the offering. He's not going to take the money. He's taking your grace. We're going to take your grace and help these people in this pandemic in Jerusalem. It's grace. It's all grace. I'm going to read one more grace. But just, I want you to see in verse, uh, check, chapter 9, verse 8. Well, I've had it up here. I got to go. I'm going down here where y'all are. I got to come over here so I can hold on. Seriously, since I broke that tendon in my foot, I don't have much control of that left foot. 
I'm sorry about the camera, but I just got to do this, okay? Verse 8. Chapter 9, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. How much grace do you need? He has all of it. You know what grace means? This is the best definition of grace that I've ever heard of. It's not original with me. You know what grace is? Is God doing in your life what you can't do for yourself? What do you need that you can't fix? What do you need that you can't fix it? You can't do it. God has grace for that. That ought to be encouraging. We ought to leave here today hooting our horns. We really blessed. God has all grace. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. You always, I love these words, you always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And then down verse 14 where we started, and their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. What, what happened to these people? How, how did these people go from poor, broke people to giving help people and causing all this things to give? What happened to these people? The amazing, the amazing grace of God in them. What makes a difference in people? The grace of God in them. The Holy Spirit gives us grace and the Holy Spirit, the grace of God. This, this is it, folks. I don't know what else to tell you. God has grace for whatever you need today. But he's not interested in entertaining us. He's not interested in playing games. He wants us to give our life to him. He wants us to give, have a life like Jesus. Just give it away. Just give it away. Just give it away. Just give it away. I don't see. I, 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 I got to quit. But I, 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 I really like to brag on God. But sometimes it's hard to brag on God because people don't understand it. I'd like to tell you, God's been really good to us. And automatically you're going to think he's got a lot of money. So that's, what, that's, why, that's how American thinks. If I say, oh, God's really been good to us. He must have some money. Does money have to fix it? I mean, the money to air? Oh, I'd really like for you to know God's really been good to us. No, that doesn't. That's not money. Just I, just, I just want you to know God wants to be good to you. He has grace for whatever you need. I believe we're hurting people. And God has grace for hurting people. Y'all have any questions for me? That's a little unusual for a preacher to get out and say, okay, what you want to ask? I'm not the ordinary preacher, you notice. Everywhere I go, they used to say one thing. You're different. <laughs> I don't want, I'm not trying to be different. I want to be real. Pastor, I really don't know how to work this to the end. I want you to ask God to give you the grace to take care of your needs and give you the grace to give your life away. It's the real life when you give it away. It'll come back. It'll come back. Father, help our people.
I want just want them to get the word. I don't know whether I've got it all straightened out or not. But I want you to do a work in their heart, not by the just by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, change families, change marriages, change homes, change individuals, change old people, young people, single people, married people. Just change us to be like Christ. Give us the grace to be the kind of people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.